Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Well, let's, uh, I want to do this first. Let's go to Romans chapter 9. Uh, we're talking about the problem is not the problem, but I'm going to do something else first to create a problem. Not really. Uh, I want to just give you some things that the Lord has dealt with me about uh, that you can jot down in your notes uh, for prayer for later, um, so you can kind of be aware of what's going on uh, in a in more of a uh, uh, for to use a, a phrase that's very common right now, a prophetic sense. Um, something that uh, and I've shared some of these things with the prayer uh, Tuesday corporate prayer. Uh, group, but I want to. I just want to share some things with you that um, I felt like the Lord had said to us in prayer, not only in praying for the nation, but then I've heard other ministers uh, say it. I was at a meeting last night where I heard a minister uh, mention something that the Lord had said to me. Um, you know, months. Uh, actually, let's see. What month are we in? We're in September. So. Uh, he mentioned them to me about a month ago, um, and and just some other ministers that I've listened to that are that are saying something similar, and so I want to just touch on these to to give you uh, some heads up on where we're going and what may happen. How many realize that uh, we're in an election cycle? And coronavirus works so well the first time, they're going to go at it again. You know, so uh, I'm not going to get political. I'm just going to be biblical, and the politics can be in the, in the gunshot. You know what I mean? I, you know, they're in the area, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to aim in, at truth. Um, I'm not going to declare who's going to be president. I'm not going to do any of that, okay? Um, the, the, there were prophets that were right last time and prophets that weren't. They sufficiently confused things for us. So um, through just lack of, that's why you have to judge prophecies. I'm just going to be honest. All right. So um, it, you know how I am about this. Um, there are, there are uh, we stand on truth. We vote principle. Um, now it's pretty easy to delineate principle in the parties. Okay, if, if your party is pro-abortion or not, I mean, it's easy. God is not pro-abortion. You know what I mean? It's not hard to figure out if you, if you read your Bible. But you'd be surprised how many believers uh, vote uh, based on what their mom and dad did, uh, based on a perception. In other words, they don't take the time to learn what each person is standing for. And I'm talking about Republicans, too. It, it, you know what I mean? And there are some independents that are loony as loony can be. I'll just be honest. You, you have to go back and you have to look at their voting record. Well, I just, this one has a really good commercial. If you're watching the commercials, you're watching a lie. <laughs> you have to look at the voting record. And that's what I love. I mean, Montana Family Foundation does such a good job of. So I want to just kind of give you fair warning ahead of time because the enemy is not going to lay down. And that's the problem that we've had in the church is that they lay down. They're asleep. Or the church has functioned in so much fear that they don't stand on principle. 
So what I mean by that is some of the church is some of the worst in this area because they think they're walking in love by doing nothing. And you actually empower the enemy by doing nothing. Now that's just a general biblical principle, okay? So, so if you go, if, 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 you, if you and I uh, yield or, or try to live in neutral, we actually end up going backwards. Well, I don't wanna offend anybody. Jesus never practiced that principle. Never. He never did. Jesus never practiced not offending people with truth. The, the principle that, now, he never, uh, the other side of it is he's always spoke the truth in, in, in love and grace. But that doesn't mean truth doesn't come strong. Like, Jesus would never say, well, I love you, so I affirm your confusion. No, he wouldn't do that. He never did it. He, he would not, he would, now he wants everybody to be saved. It doesn't matter where they're at on the spectrum as far as what they believe in their opinion and all of that, yes. But we have in the church, actually, the love message has turned into love without truth message. And Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus doesn't do that. It's not who he is. He, he is not going to... His character is as much truth as it is love. So you, you need to, uh, with uh, uh, um, the love of Christ, serve or, or, or love somebody who is completely in sin. But you need not tell them that their sin is okay or that God is okay with it. Now, why would you say that, though? See, this is the thing. This is where we get down into some of the nitty-gritty on these things because um, in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the current kind of culture of the church, because there has been so much legalism taught from the Old Covenant, there's been an Old Covenant legalistic kind of mentality that actually was... De- the spirit of religion is one of the worst, I'm just going to say this. It is worse than people living in the world. And you say, or living in in, uh, what we would call a sin-filled kind of life and world. Like, it's worse than an atheist. You say, ooh, that's a strong statement. Yeah, it is, isn't it? I hope I can back it up. (laughs) But who took Jesus out? Those who claim they knew God, but couldn't recognize God in front of their face. And so, but that didn't stop Jesus. Now, first of all, it didn't stop Jesus from from dying for them. But he did not tell them they were okay. Did he? Now, the woman caught in the act of adultery, when she was brought to Jesus, did Jesus say, I love you, uh, I, I accept you. It doesn't matter what you did. See you later. He did tell her he forgave her, that he had mercy for her, that he, he loved her in his action. 
He caused judgment to be, to be removed away from her. And actually in that moment, people didn't realize it, but um, in that moment, he was saying, I'm going to take on the stoning that's due you. And then he said, go and... And it isn't just because, and I've heard, I, I, love, I love these people, but I've heard it said, you know, well, God hates sin. Yes, but why? Why? Because it kills his creation. Now, if you or I choose to embrace that death, he'll let us have it. Now, what I mean by that is not, I'm going to let you have it. What I mean by that is that he'll let you embrace the desire of your heart and be one with the thing that he hates. And the reason why is because I, if it were me, which I will never do that, but if it were, excuse me, if it were me, he, I'm saying, I don't love you, God. And God's saying, well, I love you, but since you don't love me, you're free to go. Because hell was never created for people. It was created for the devil and, his fall, and the fallen angels, the demonic. Now, I'm going to make a statement, and I'm not going to qualify it, and you're just going to have to live with it. <laughs> so have fun studying <laughs> and, and trying to find the answers in the word, because that's what you should be doing anyway. But let me, I'm going to make the statement. If people were let out of hell, they'd go back. Well, there's no way. Oh, yeah, there's a way. It's a decision of the, they have made up their mind. Boy, that'll mess with your, our little pea brain minds, won't it? <laughs> It'll mess with your natural thinking, but it's reality. They would choose to go back, and people say, oh, no, that would never be. Oh, yes, it would, because there is sufficient opportunity in this life to choose between hell and heaven. There is, God is not a bad judge. He doesn't sit on his throne and go, ooh, that's, he doesn't sit there, well, you know, I know, I know that they didn't have enough evidence to see if I was real or not, but uh, I'm just going to send them to hell anyway. God is a good judge. Jesus is a good lawyer. He's a great lawyer. He's the best lawyer. And so you say, why are you saying that? Because justice is coming to America. I mean, it's always happening. I'll just be honest. There's assessments going on all the time. Now, judgment always begins in the house of God. We know that. So make sure that you're fellowshipping with the Lord and, and making the adjustments you're supposed to. But you have a huge advantage if you're saved. You have an advocate on your side. Yeah. And you have the blood. Yeah. Amen? So your judgment will not be a heaven or hell issue, but it could, be a, it could be a manifestation of the graces that are available for now issue. People say, well, I repented. It's over. You know, uh, you know sometimes people will do this uh, in relationships, marriage, of course, but other relationships. Maybe you, you, know, uh, you have, don't have a great relationship with your kids or a sibling or something like that. How did it get that way? And if you repented, what ha steps have we taken to repair it? Well, I repented and asked for forgiveness. God's not just making it all right. 
I wish it was that easy. All right? It's seed time and harvest, Bubba. You stopped planting one thing, and now you're starting to plant another thing. It's going to take some time to get it right. Well, I want just a miracle to happen, and it just changed. Well, you're going to be disappointed for a while until we make a decision to change how we're doing things. You can be instantly right with God. But how many know relationship is built on trust? And you're, you can't, God's not going to erase all the bad things I did to my wife in two seconds because I asked for repentance or I, I confessed and, and repented. And I may not be doing it anymore, but she still has to deal with the experience she had with me previous, which means it's going to take time for me to change because I'm going to need to change. Oh, this is the part of spirituality. We just, we don't even want to look at this in the word, do we? Well, that means I got to do something. I thought you said I was saved by grace, preacher, and grace doesn't demand works out of me. It doesn't demand them out of you. It placed good ones in you. <laughs> well, I wish my life would be different. Then do what's in you. Amen. Grab hold of the grace, the anointing, the resurrection within you. Come on, we need to do this and walk that out on a daily basis. Amen? Ooh, it's so good. I know it's, it's, it's uh, challenging, which is good. If you came to church and weren't challenged, I don't know, you wasted your time. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people that don't want to be challenged at church. They want to show up, have just the right kind of coffee, brewed at just the right uh, level of darkness for them, with just the right amount of flavoring available, and then they want to come in, and don't you dare preach over 20 minutes, because I got things to do. You know, I feel sorry for believers like that that are in churches like that. You say, why? Because they're going to have to stand before the Lord one day. And people say, well, you saying, well, I won't make heaven? Oh, you'll make heaven, sister and brother. We'll make it, but there is an accounting that will be given for what we did while on earth. Not an accounting to whether we get in or not. An accounting, there is an assessment going on right now that is taking place over your and my life, every believer, everyone on how we walked with the Lord and obeyed him. And it will determine the level of influence we have in eternity. Oh, I'm just quoting scripture. Well, where is it? Go find it. I'll give you a Greek hint. It has to do with the Bema or the judgment seat of Christ. In our men's meeting, the Lord had me preach a message on uh, the mighty men. And uh, talking about the mighty men, uh, I wasn't able to get into this. I was talking about to Mike about this the other day because you can, you know, I'll have so many notes, but you only get into so much depending on where the utterance is. But the mighty men, um, we live in a generation and it's in the church where they think they deserve a reward or an award because they're breathing. They do. Well, I'm here. Well, that's amazing. If you're going to take up oxygen and you know better, be a blessing, please. Amen. Well, I've got a lot going on. Well, there's nothing more important going on than God's things. And I'm not talking about just at this building. I'm talking about in your life. 
And, and there, are, there are people that are so, uh, some of them legitimately um, have this mentality built into them that's an unbiblical mentality. They cannot handle any challenge at all. They can't handle any. If anybody uh, uh, places a demand on, not, not just on them, but on them to cooperate with resurrection power within them, they crumble. Well, it's not fair. I can't. And God didn't, he didn't say you can't. <laughs> oh, I'm getting looks. I can't tell if I'm getting amens or omes. I, I... <clears throat> At some point in our life, we have to go, okay, what am I willing to give up to have what God said? And I'm talking about how far am I willing to enslave my flesh to righteousness in order to walk in resurrection graces. You know, I can declare I have the love of God shed abroad in my heart, but if I cuss my wife out, how many know I'm not going to have the fruit of the love of God shed abroad in my heart? Heidi and I just did a marriage conference. That's why some of that stuff's coming out. We were over at New Life Church, and we did a marriage conference for them. And it was, you know, here's the thing. We have the ability within us. Romans chapter 6, verse number 14 says, Sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under... Oh, I thought grace was just so I could do whatever I wanted. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Don't you love half-truth messages? <laughs> the mighty men. I didn't forget. One of the statements that's made in that chapter about David's mighty men in Samuel is this. And it names some of the mighty men. And it starts out and it talks about there's groups of three, a couple of them, and there's a group of 30. And while they're giving testimony, while, while this is being recorded in the scripture, they're giving testimony about what these mighty men did. One of them went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. Now, why in the world, what was the lion doing in the pit? Maybe it was a trap, I don't know. But it was a snowy day. What makes you, possesses you? Some of you hunters, you think you're bad. <laughs> Standing how many yards, hundreds of yards away or whatever with your rifle. Aiming at something that ain't going to attack you usually and is running from you. And David's, David's mighty men didn't have a gun. He didn't get down in there with a 44 mag and start unloading the thing. How many ever shot a magnum pistol before? Whew, we shot rifle targets with a magnum pistol one time. I mean, you can get some distance and they do damage. He went down into that pit and killed a lion. It wasn't even a commandment of the Lord. I think these guys were just running around going, watch what we can do with God. And they're just finding fights and killing things. <clears throat> but it makes this statement in there about several of them. They earned a position among the mighty men. Now, I'm going to say something here, and I want you to think about it. I want you to pray about it. 
<clears throat> we know we're under a different covenant, right? We're, we know we're not under the old covenant. So we know that we're not earning our salvation. But there is a place of works after you're saved. And just like you would do with your kids, however faithful they are, you can trust them with more. God's the exact same way. See, we live in a generation that says, well, I have all the blessings of God no matter what. And there is a principle of truth there. Why? Because grace provided it before you were ever born. But if I don't walk in it, so I'll put it to you like this. This is as, this is as simple as I can make it for you. Start robbing banks and see if prosperity works for you. <laughs> but see, that's how insane that thought is. I, I have the love of, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have the love of God in my life, in every area of my life. Okay, gossip about people, hate people, treat them terrible, use them up, spit them out, treat them however you want, abuse them, and see how much harvest of the love of God you get reciprocated back to you out of that lifestyle. And not only that, go ahead and see and test the waters where God promotes you in your quote-unquote gifting. Oh, I said it. Because it's true. And people, people won't, they, they'll, 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 they'll look at that and go, well, I'm a mighty man. No, you can't just declare it. You have to live it. Strength is not demonstrated by, it's, it's, exactly, it's exactly this way. When we're kids, we get things for our birthday or Christmas, like when you're, when you're real little, you know, how many, when you're, especially boys, I don't know about girls, maybe girls too, who knows, doesn't really matter, but you get a, 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 a kid's policeman uniform, and you get everything that looks like a policeman, right, or a fireman or something like that, whatever it is. And you and and parents will do this. Oh, you're a little policeman, you know. And have, I mean, ever saw you know like the fake plastic, the handcuffs, you know. And you let your kid arrest you, and they put the handcuffs, you know, all of this kind of stuff, right? Are they a real cop? Can they just put that on and and go down to uh, to uh, hang out with Michael for the day and arrest people? Is the federal government backing that playset? You say, what are you saying, Sean? That's how a lot of Christians are. Come on, it's stick horse Christianity. They don't want to be on a war horse, they want to be on a stick horse. You say, how, what's the difference between somebody that makes the NFL and somebody who plays peewee league? Torture. Do you know what the difference between somebody who's in the NFL and peewee league football is? How much pain can you handle? And how much discipline can you go through? And the truth of the matter is, and I'm going to make a statement here that is not going to bless your flesh. Because it doesn't bless mine. The truth of the matter is, is that we want to function in what has been provided, NFL level authority with Pee Wee League discipline. 
and it isn't going to happen. But I'm changing. Are you changing? I mean, we're growing. Do you know what this church is called to? We are setting a standard. Now, mighty men. It doesn't just matter here. You and I are earning a place in the eternal. Come on, pray and think, Christians. It is beyond here. I, I know I make the joke, intergalactic governance. But I'm not joking. If we actually believe this, you can't come to any other conclusion. At the marriage conference, it was really good. Uh, The Lord had me share uh, that phrase that he's given me for the church here. And uh, and it was when, I think the phrase came out when we were studying on contentment. Spiritual maturity requires personal responsibility. In other words, if my life is going to become what God has called me to be, I have a response. Now, people, when I say this, I know, I know this is because I know how the enemy works in doubt and unbelief, and I know how uh, religion has taught people. You know, uh, a lot of times people think Christianity is forever patty-caking somebody. And there are, there are churches, there are ministries, and it, it's, I'm not criticizing them. I'm just saying if we think that God doesn't demand spiritual growth, it's, it's, a, it's a, uh, uh, an abdication on our part of yielding and, and, and recognizing truth. In other words, we're just going, no, I don't want to see that. Because you can't read through the scriptures and come to the conclusion that God just leaves you in the state that you're in. But many times Christians believe what that means, that God doesn't leave me in that state. What they believe that means is God's going to pick me up and make me like a puppet. Do what I'm supposed to do. That would mean faith is not a principle in the new covenant or the old. But it is. And faith can be boiled down to a lot of things as far as conviction goes. But faith in it, in essence, is obedience. If I really have a conviction about something, what will I? If I really have a conviction about something, it will govern what I say and do. Right? And sometimes we get so wrapped up, especially, it's like in the... It's built into the fabric of, of current uh, church culture. We get so wrapped up in gathering information, we never bother to do anything with it. We think that we'll be free based on the more knowledge I have. But there, you have to apply it. Does that make sense? And then people think, well, you're saying the Lord's mad at me. No, the Lord's not mad at you. He's satisfied in the sacrifice of Christ. It has nothing to do with him being mad at you. Actually, he corrects disciplines and all of these things because he loves us. Why? He loves us. What does it mean he loves us? 
In the current culture, love means you let me be and think and do whatever I want. And that includes many times in the church. But in God's culture, which is the culture we live in, kingdom culture, right? In that culture, God places a truth in front of us and says, this is the standard for you to walk in. But he understands that with the obedience comes the manifestation of his kingdom in this natural life. So if we look at correction and discipline from the standpoint of, um, especially if you've been around that kind of thinking or raised in that kind of thinking to where discipline was just my parent got in a rage and just beat the snot out of me. You've got to renew that out of your mind concerning God because that's not how he is. Now, will God be strong? Will he discipline? Will he correct? Will he? Yes, because he loves you. Well, I just don't believe that's so. Well, then read Hebrews chapter 12 and redevelop a proper doctrine in your thinking. My God will discipline me. And that word has to do with corporal punishment. Ooh, 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 ooh. I am so far off where I was going to be. <clears throat> Stop listening in that direction and I'll go back to where I... <laughs> but it's necessary. So if I want to get... Have you ever been around somebody who's... Uh, they like rules... My wife likes rules. <laughs> She's smiling at me like, she'll get after me, man. When we were down at Rama, we'd be walking to church, and you're not supposed to walk on the grass. I walked on the grass. I know. And you know what I missed out on? The blessing of obeying, of walking on the sidewalk. You say, what was the blessing? I have no idea. But I know I missed it because I disobeyed. Heidi never did. Even when I did, she never did. Is Heidi trying to be controlling over my life? Is she being legalistic and law-binding? And No, she's trying to get me to obey. What does obedience produce? It produces a blessing. Or in other words, when we walk in obedience to the Lord, we're not earning the blessing. We're keeping the door open so the blessing can flow freely. Do you see it that way? You, you have to teach on this because there's been so much teaching on grace and people are confused on it. And it's basically they, they sit on one side of the mountain and never venture to the other side. I'm talking about the word of God. Paul never said, you're under grace, go ahead and murder, commit adultery, lie, disrespect your parents. Well, my parents haven't been respectable. What does that got to do with the scripture saying, children, honor your father and mother? It doesn't say caveat if they're perfect. Well, what are you saying? If I don't honor my father and mother, you'll reproduce the same thing in your own kids. It's true. Well, I'll pray against it. Go ahead. Go ahead and pray all you want to. And your actions will leave the door open to the enemy and he'll continue to have influence. Well, I don't know if we're going to want to have vessels ne next week. Oh, we are? Okay, good. Yeah, thank you, Dale. I appreciate it. We're, I'm so off my notes, my tablet shut off. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. I, I walked on the ground. Well, 
if we go back to Ramah or when we do, I'm not going to walk on the grass. Why? Because they don't want me to. Do I need another reason? You say, what was wrong with you before? I was stupid. Now, I don't mean I'm stupid like I can't learn. I mean, I had rebellion in my thinking even though I had graduated from Bible college. Right? Oof. It's not okay to do that. I should probably write a letter. I apologize. <laughs> no, I don't have to. <laughs> the Lord, how many know the Lord understands where we're at? But that is not an excuse to stay there. Well, why do you have to add that, Sean? Because I don't want you to stay there. I see you as mighty men and women of God. Three amens. I'm going to say that again, and everybody is going to say amen. Or I'm going to come out there with the spoon. <laughs> I see you. We see people in this church as mighty men and women of God. Amen. And you better have said amen on the live stream, too. Well, I don't know. Yeah, and you're going to continue to struggle if you don't see yourself the way God sees you. And you'll bounce from meeting to meeting hoping the guy with the mantle that comes through has enough anointing to break the disobedience. Oh, wait a minute. Off my life? And I go to special meetings. I love special meetings. And one of the main reasons I love going to them is because I don't have to do anything. Hmm, all right. Oh, that just tickled me on the inside. I just, that felt good, you know. I don't have to do anything. I just go. Yeah, I know. I just, you didn't see it, but the Lord just had a whole conversation with me. <laughs> Basically, the closer you get to the Lord, the more dead you are. Well, I just want to be wealthy enough to do what I want. Well, then you'll, you may walk in, if, you know, if you're good with money, you may walk in some money. Big deal. You won't walk in prosperity. <laughs> Glory to God. And I'm just going to say this. I know it prophetically. I know it by the Spirit of God. This church is going to walk into some serious money. Beyond what you can ask or think. Now, let me say this. If you think you're called to that, prepare your heart. You say, why? Josh and I were talking about it the other day. <clears throat> because we don't want the generations after us to have to fight the battles we... I don't want Goliath to still be living when my kids are around. And it's their turn to walk. We're going to have to teach the younger generation not to abandon God in the midst of the blessing. Because that was the warning to them before they went into Canaan. Yes, we're Joshua and Caleb. Yes, we're possessing land. Yes, we're barrier breakers. All those things are happening right now. They are working right now. 
And that happens individually and corporately to those who are able to walk in the character of Christ. Okay. This is what happens when I have a lot of meetings in, the, in weeks. And I just... <laughs> I honestly, I have so many notes, but there's no point. <laughs> I don't even know how to label this. When you put it on the website, I have no idea. Just put it out there and go, uh, yeah, 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 this was Sean's fault. All right, so. <laughs> um, I just know this. And God is going to place, has placed this demand on, on uh, or is, I should say this, he's going to go and see who will give up more for him. And I'm not talking about going out there. I'm talking about in our church. I was uh, talking to the worship leader yesterday from New Life Church and asking her some questions because they went to two services. And I was just asking her questions because, you know, we've talked about that around here, and you, you know I haven't done anything with it. And you say, why? Because I don't know fully what to do, and I'm not going to do anything until I know fully what to do. If I go into it without faith, boy, that'd be dumb. Then I'm going to really, and I've done that enough to know how bad it hurts. How many have ever hit your thumb with a hammer? Do you go back the next time and go, boy, I sure hope I can hit my thumb again. <laughs> that was fun last time. I got a whole new nail out of the deal. You know what I mean? No. I don't want to do that. But I was asking her, and I said, well, what did you do? She said, I sat down the whole worship team. And she said, I asked him, do you believe? Did God send you here? Do you believe in the vision of this church? And, of course, they were all like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then she said, here's what we need. And then she said, and I was shocked to hear this, but I was like, kudos to you, ma'am. But she said, I looked at him and said, if you can't do it, you're off the worship team. If you can't commit to this. Now, granted, she's in a, people say, are you going to do that here? Well, not right now, okay? <laughs> I'm not setting you up for an ultimatum here, okay? That's not what I'm doing. I'm just sharing with you a, a principle. God is looking for those who will say, I'll do whatever you want, Lord. Listen, if you can't lay Isaac on the altar, there is no resurrection. There is none. Well, I want my, my way. Okay, you can have it. The Lord will let you have it. And I'm not saying you won't make heaven. You will make heaven. But you'll miss heaven a part of earth. And I am not going to miss that. It's worth it to me to never go on a vacation or anything fun again. And, I'm, and God's not going to do that to us. That's not what I'm saying. We know that. But we are in Canaan land right now in America. And America has abandoned God in many ways. And they worship the money. 
I'm talking about in the church. I'm not even talking about the world. I'm talking about in the church. There are those that will decry God's promises or they'll attack prosperity preachers or they'll attack this group or that group or whatever it is while in the midst of it, they have, they have loads of money that they're sitting on. They're hypocrites. It is the culture of, in Jesus' day, we've come all the way back around. I'm not going to take up an offering, so relax, okay? <laughs> I'm trying to deal with a way of thinking. I'm not trying to get into your pocketbook. Is that even a thing anymore? I'm not trying to get into your digital currency <laughs> book. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, whatever that. Anyway, your Apple Pay. I don't care about your Apple Pay. I care about your heart and your mindset. Think about this, guys. I don't, I'm not prophesying about the nation. I'm prophesying about the church. So that's what we're going to have to put this as, okay? But think about this. There was a rich young ruler that went up to Jesus and asked what he, do, what he, what he had to do to be saved. And Jesus said, go sell everything you have and come and follow me. Now, did Jesus say, in order to be saved, you can't have any money? That's not what he said. What did he know about the rich young ruler? He knew that that money was higher than God in his life. Well, if I, <laughs> I don't know if I want to go there. <laughs> so the rich young ruler turned and went away sad, and Jesus couldn't stand the sadness so much. He went, wait, 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 come back. I was just, I'm graceful. I don't want your feelings to be hurt. Come on, bring it in. Let's cuddle. <laughs> Lord, get them drunk in the Holy Ghost so they like this message in the name of Jesus. <laughs> what is he dealing with? He's dealing with the mind and the heart. Think about this. What did the rich young ruler miss? Come on, the master walked up to him and said, will you, for my sake? And most people, guys, do this. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to live that way. I've done it. I've done stupid enough. I want to keep growing up. Amen? I mean, we're already out in the middle of the sea as far as leave, uh, salvation and leaving the dock. We might as well go all the way instead of pitch anchor and stop. I, I just don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to get to the end of my life. And I do realize, 
I realize that what I'm saying, if you let the enemy grab it, it could turn into condemnation. I totally realize that. But I'll be honest with you. There is no scripture and no teaching biblically that can't be turned. So it's our responsibility to weigh these things and allow the Lord to really speak to us. There are 160,000 people in this city, roughly, 125, little bit plus in Billings proper, but then you bust out of that in the surrounding, 160,000 people. Last time I checked, 10% are part of a church community. Now, it may be more than that now, but even if it's 30%, 70% are not a part of kingdom things, and they're missing kingdom blessing. And I'm not talking about skid row. I'm talking about millionaire row. People think, well, we need to take up an offering for the poor. Listen, the people in first class need Jesus as much as the people in coach. I was talking to a guy the other day. What's the meeting today? Alter care has a meeting today. We have one minute, so. I was talking to a guy the other day, and he rubbed shoulders with millionaire row. Okay? And millionaire row, did you know this, that millionaire is actually not as big a deal anymore? I mean, COVID made how many new billionaires because of Pfizer and some of those companies this last go around? <laughs> you say, do you have to say that? Absolutely. I absolutely have to say it. <laughs> because I don't care. God's justice in his tide is high. And it's peaking. And I'll just say this concerning some of the, those leadership things and the leaders that maybe are, are frustrated. Just know this. This is what the Holy Spirit dealt with me about. The Lord has heard the cry of the people. I mean, this literally was given. So there's a song, and don't let your kids listen to it. I know. Well, the guy uses colorful language. I'll just put it that way. But there is a song called Rich Men North of Richmond. And I watched that probably, how long ago, Heidi? And I'm sitting there, it was three or four weeks ago? Yeah, something like that. And I'm sitting there watching this thing, and I start weeping. And the Lord spoke to me and said, I hear the cry of my people. And that song is the cry of the people. Now, it's got, you know, cuss words in it, but there's worse things in the world, you know. It's a bluegrass song, so maybe you just won't even be able to handle that. I don't know. But who are the rich men north of Richmond? It's DC. And he calls stuff out in there. And God's using that man right now as a voice. He, he's one of those ones that refuse record contracts. They walk up to him and ask him, say, they say, we'll give you so many buses and $6 million to travel. And he said, no. And see, that to me, the heart of the people is going, I am done with your trash, Antichrist. I am done with it. And the church should be the pinnacle in this. This guy was on Joe Rogan reading Proverbs. I'm not promoting cuss words, okay? He's cussing in between. But Joe Rogan's listening to him going, preach, brother. That's what he says. Go ahead and preach, preacher. 
And I don't listen to Joe Rogan, just so you know, okay? I, sometimes I'll catch a reel or something, you know, that, that he... And I'm not... I pray for... I hope Joe Rogan gets saved. But I'm telling you, God's, God sees and hears the cry of the people. And the Lord dealt with me about this when, when Biden was elected. And we could go a lot of routes here, and I'm not going to go down any of them. I'm not going to go into any of the chasing of anything. I'm going to say to you this. He dealt with me concerning Pharaoh and how God had raised him up for his glory. Romans chapter 9. Yes, correct. Romans chapter 9. The Lord dealt with me. In other words, you say, what are you saying? Justice is on the way. And God does not look down and go, oh, they're Democrat, they're, they're Republican. They're in. He doesn't do that. And you say, why would God do this? Why would this happen? Because mercy will wait through difficulty in order for as many to be saved as possible. <sighs> okay, <laughs> I got to stop. So, but pray, please. Pray for your country, please. And please be in obedience to the Lord. Please give up whatever he's asking you to give up and adjust. Do it. Do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.